0: You think that you are the number one dad? No offense, Henry, but your half-assed under-parenting was a lot more fun than your half-assed over-parenting. I'm yeah. using my voice. No wire hangers never! My father would womanize, he would drink, he would make outrageous claims like he invented the push
1: Hi, Mama. It's Lynn. Let's get a child. There's no need to argue. Parents yeah. just don't understand. Welcome, Amanda.
2: Welcome, Nathan.
1: To our renovated podcast studios.
2: Yes, it's our weekly podcast. That
1: we haven't done in a month. <laughs> for various life reasons. Correct. Specifically, we're life. having a kid and we had to move where we do the show. <laughs> yes. Because our old studio became a nursery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're here to do Mrs. Doubtfire.
2: Yes, sir.
1: Been in the news lately because there was apparently so much unreleased footage that they could have done an NC-17 version. Of this PG-13 movie. Yes. I'm glad there wasn't more of it. Yes. Let's put it that way. It is.
2: It's a two-hour movie. I remember being just delighted by it, and that was not my experience this time.
1: No. We talked about, (laughs) I think, Tenenbaums being worried it didn't hold up, but it did. This one did not.
2: Did not. Um, And I love Robin Williams. Yeah. Welcome to mom and pop culture.
1: Mm Welcome. Welcome. We're glad to be back. Mrs. Doubtfire came out November 24th, 1993. Do you remember anything about circa Thanksgiving 1993?
2: I'm sure we had turkey.
1: <laughs> there you go. Way got a little limb. My parents were long divorced, and my dad was, like, going through a real rocky situation with a lady he never married but, like, had two kids with. And the second one of those kids was going to be born two months after that date. So it was... A movie about divorce was very appropriate for where my life was at the time. Yeah. So, the plot of the movie is that Daniel is a voice actor. He walks off the set of his job. He then is tasked with picking his kids up and bringing them home. It's his son's birthday party. He throws him a big party, despite having his wife having punished the kid and said, You can't have a party. The party is so outlandish that, like, the cops show up, and this is the last straw for his wife. She gets, uh, says she wants a divorce. Kicks him out. The judge says, you can see your kids once you have a job and a residence. And he gets a job and a residence fairly quickly and then decides to pose as this elderly British lady so that he can watch his kids every day after school. Proceeds to do that, right, with it challenged various times and then ultimately ends up getting a TV show as this lady, but he loses custody of his kids. And then his wife feels bad and gives him custody of the kid's back, basically. Right? Is that inaccurate?
2: Yeah. Then they share custody rather than her being the soul.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's allowed to watch him after school as himself, Correct. essentially. Yes. So it's it's a sitcom plot, right? It's very, um, this person pretends there's something they're not, and we watch, we're in on the joke. We watch a lot of him trying to keep a secret, a lot of like multiple spitting plates types of comedy. And boy, did it feel dated.
2: Yeah, and it was a lot of... It was like 20 minutes of like, oh, God, he's got to be in the restaurant at two places at once. And oh, God, he's got to pretend to be two people at the same time. And oh, my God.
1: <laughs> After the same uh, obstacles in an apartment. Right. right? It yeah, was just like, was how many one. different settings can he struggle to be these two <laughs> uh, different personas? In I mean, the, we'll talk about it. The makeup for this movie took four hours to put on. Yeah. Yet he's going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It just... Like many things in this movie, it just left me going, "What the? What are we watching?"
2: Well, and I be, I think that's the credit to Robin Williams is that people were like, "I'll pay to see two hours of Robin Williams."
1: Sure, sure. <laughs> well, and I mean, and, and and that's true. This is directed by Chris Columbus, who is a name, but isn't. Uh, isn't a visionary, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean. Isn't nobody's like, "Thank God, I'm here to see the new Chris Columbus movie." Sure, sure. he um, just makes good, solid films.
2: What else has he done?
1: Uh, he did Lampoon's Vacation. He okay. did Harry Potter. He did Home Alone.
2: Which Harry Potter? The first. The one? first one.
1: Yeah, he's the guy you get when you want a family film done pretty darn well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, got a tone and perspective, but he's not like he's not the reason anybody went to this movie.
2: Right. Right. It's yeah. all Robin
1: Williams. Yeah. And it, this is the kind of movie they don't make anymore. Right. So it's a $25 million comedy with largely TV talent in it. Right. Robin Williams was Morgan Mindy. Sally Field was The Flying Nun. Uh, even Pierce Brosnan was Remington Steele. Yeah. Everybody it has it's It's a TV stars movie. Um, and for that $25 million. Oh,
2: the, the uh, son is the guy from Boy Meets World. That's right. The that's right. And the
1: lady, um, I don't remember her character name in the movie, but Polly Holiday. That sure. old lady yes. was on uh, Alice, right?
2: Mrs. Mrs. Stiller or something like
1: something that? Something like that. She's yeah. the court appointed person. So yeah. it's very much 70s and 80s era stars in an early 90s movie, and it felt 50 years old. It
2: felt 50 years old. And I, I think you had described it at one point while we were watching it as a two-hour threes Company plot, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you're a Simpsons fan, it was... The steamed ham scene for uh,
1: no for three hours. Yep, (laughs) that's exactly what it was, and it was uh, it made a fortune, which baffled me. Like when when we were, I was looking this up, I saw that it made four hundred and forty one million dollars, and I thought it must have been forty four point one or something. You know, to to think that it made that much money, I had to do a deeper dive into it. Do you
2: know what else came out at the that time?
1: No, but here is what it um had going for it sure so it came out basically thanksgiving weekend It was number one that weekend and the week after because you can take everybody to this movie
2: absolutely right yeah. it's pg-13
1: so there's a little bit of an edge but it's ultimately a family movie Right. right it was then number one on christmas number one new year's and the week after so that's three consecutive weeks there again it was number one and then it was number one again in late january after it won a golden globe for best picture musical or comedy so our disdain for it is not how it was received well, at all at the time. Well, not I
2: remembered it either. Yeah. I remember this being like a fun romp, mm-hmm. and it was just a slog. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was, I would have been a good 22-minute episode. You're right,
2: right, right. You yeah. know,
1: but it was so many tropes we've seen so many times. Mm-hmm. And even some of the movies it beat for uh, the Golden Globe for uh, best film, musical, or comedy. Dave, much ado about nothing. Sleepless in Seattle and Strictly Ballroom, which are all, they're yeah. all like TV episode, character keeping a secret or pretending to be something they're not types of stories. There's no IP. So a different time. <laughs> right. right. And and it definitely feels like a movie from a different time.
2: And And watching it, I was really like, wow, when I was a kid watching a movie in the 70s. Like, that's what it felt like watching it today. And yeah. it really highlighted that it has not, been that much time past.
1: <laughs> right. Not Jaws or Star Wars. Like right. Like right. an old 70s movie. Right. It may as well have been some like it hot.
0: Right. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. Which, similar plot. You know, it got compared, and in some of the criticism I was reading, they were mentioning Tootsie. I think that's an insult to Tootsie. Yeah, we Tootsie's we pretty great. I watched Tootsie a couple of years ago, yeah. and it does hold up. Yeah, it was wonderful. It's one of the best screenplays ever written, and this is, is less so.
2: And... Like to dig into the movie even further. I love suspending my disbelief in a movie. That is one of my favorite parts of going to see a film. Mm -hmm. I could not in this movie. I, I couldn't picture myself if you put on a wig and a Face mask. I'd still know your eyes. I'd still know your hands. I'd My still smell. know your mannerisms. Mm-hmm, like
1: mm-hmm. just it's it, so. Again, it won an Academy Award for best makeup. It's it awesome. Yeah, took out Robin Williams four hours of sitting in makeup to do it. Uh, he claims he went a few times around San Francisco where the film was shot in full costume and even, like, went to a sex shop and bought dildos and stuff like that, which, like, you're rolling your eyes because it's, like, it's such a fucking old hat for Robin Williams, right? Like, if you yeah. were to parody a Robin Williams story, that, that would be, be it, it, right? Throw some cocaine in there, and I think you have it. Uh, Williams won a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy. Yeah. It was well regarded. It made a fortune. It does not hold up very well. It stars Robin Williams, Sally Field, Pierce Brosnan, and the role that got him James Bond, I assume. Uh, and um, I guess 90s everyman gay that guy actor Harvey Firestone,
2: who is lovely in this, and I appreciate immensely he brought a real uh zest and pop to it
1: because it was so successful. And because the Mrs. Doubtfire character was obviously so recognizable, uh, they attempted a sequel, they couldn't get it right. It's not a, a movie you could really write a sequel to. Um, Because
2: it's psychotic.
1: So we failed to mention the writers. It was written somewhat surprisingly to me by two women, Randy Mayer and Singer. And then the more the sort of script doctor they brought on was Leslie Dixon. And it's based on Alias Madam Doubtfire, a children's book by Anne Fine. And I guess that he like doesn't end up with the kids. That's very book- Sure. You know what I mean? That's not yeah. the Hollywood ending. So I'll give it credit for that. But that every... they
2: don't end up reconciled. Yeah. Know? yeah.
1: But everything about it is Hollywood, except for that, right? So right. it's very, I don't know. It feels like they tacked that on at the end and we're like, we're being edgy. And it's like, you're not at all. Right. It's not at all what's happened. To her. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about the film before we talk about the actual parents in it?
2: Are the, the screenwriters known for anything else?
1: Yeah. She did Overboard. She did the Thomas Crown Affair. She did Freaky Friday. So she's your fish out of water type of writer. She's an EP on um, Limitless now on TV. Okay.
2: Okay. That all makes sense. That Mm -hmm. all tracks.
1: I think if you remade this movie, there's a version of it where you acknowledge how crazy he's being, which Mm -hmm. they kind of get at in the end a little Mm -hmm. bit, but you start with there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's sort of the tone of like, this dad's a little bit Mm -hmm. not all there because this dad's a little bit not all there.
2: Right. What was that uh, Robin Williams one where he's like a film developer? Like one, oh, hour. one hour photo <laughs> yeah. is a little creepier. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. Or um I don't know if you've ever seen World's Greatest Dad, where uh, his no, son I don't think so. Robin Williams plays a dad mm. and his son dies from his son's an a-hole and he dies from autoerotic asphyxiation. Jesus Christ. And okay. so Robin Williams' character like fakes a suicide note oh. to make him into this honorable guy and then has to like perpetuate this lie that his son was a decent human being when he was just a selfish prick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's darkly funny. Yeah. That,
2: I mean, that sounds pretty good. Could,
1: could have been what I think the end of this was going for. Right.
2: Right. But then it's not the family blockbuster.
1: Right. Which <laughs> it isn't anyway. Right. Let's talk about the mom and the Papas then. All right. There's two literal ones. There's Sally Field Miranda and Daniel Robin Williams, mm-hmm. who we're going to separate. We'll have Daniel as the dad and then Mrs. Doubtfire as a pseudo parent. Sure. In terms of how to discuss this. I got no beef with Sally Field on this movie.
2: Sally Field, Miranda, her character, Mm -hmm. she is a great mom. She's the one who is, like, putting limits on her children. She's providing for her family. In the beginning of the movie, we see that she has canceled her son's party because of grades, which Mm -hmm. makes sense, but then she also brings home a big cake and presents for him Mm -hmm. because she's not a total bitch. The movie wants us to be like, man, what a cold working woman. Like, she can't (sighs) even, whatever. But then, if you're watching the actual movie, she's a warm, great mom who's Mm -hmm. trying. Mm
1: -hmm. Is As you say, the breadwinner is setting limits on things, and Daniel is just blowing all that up. And for me, couldn't have been more a reflection of my life experience in 1993 with my mom you know a working single mom and my dad a a self-proclaimed Disneyland dad who was only there for like the fun stuff the way Daniel is right and we can talk about him now he sucks
2: well Daniel at one point says when Miranda is finally like I want a divorce this is not working (laughs) and he um, that's when he apologizes like he he never feels remorse for the the throwing the big party or doing any of that And then she says, like, well, this isn't working. I want a divorce. And he's like, no, 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 no. I didn't know there were consequences Mm -hmm, to my actions. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he then says, let's go on a vacation. You're a different person on vacation. Yeah, no shit, because there aren't the responsibilities of life. Mm -hmm. Like, you Mm -hmm. need to go grocery shopping. You need to fold towels. You need to empty the dishwasher.
1: You need to not have a petting zoo at your house and blast jump around so loud the neighbors complain and, like... It's not all fun. No. All the time.
2: In fact, that life isn't like that.
1: One thing he does there I like is he offers family therapy. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks he's being noble when he quits his job because one of the characters on the cartoon he works on is smoking. And they're not making a big deal out of it. And he's like, kids are going to learn it's okay to smoke. And they're like, so what, buddy? And so he storms off set, which, like, pretty reckless. If you're, we learn that he's not like a dude with an agent or any type of of real experience in voiceover, so it's not a job. You should you're not in a position to take that moral stand.
2: Right, and he, he can't he can't even do it for his children. And like his daughter, when he picks them up from school immediately following that incident, is like, "Oh, did you get fired again?" Mm-hmm. Like she knows what's up. She she's, gets it. Yep. Yeah, she's she's been through this before. And how disappointing that that is where your children automatically go.
1: He does obviously love them. I think. Yes his version of love is dangerous and we'll talk about when we talk about bad parenting when we revisit him considerably more (laughs) than we're giving him right now yeah and then the scene where he leaves his kids like the breakup scene right that's like kind of meant to be the gut-wrenching scene like i i liked it i remember it was always hard when my dad left
2: where he drives away
1: yeah like even when i mean one my parents are so different like the parents in this that like there was always Weird, like decompression that had to happen going from mom's house to dad's house, mm-hmm. right? So that that's part of it. But then also when I was younger, just my dad leaving sucked, mm-hmm. right? It was him just leaving again and again and again, and it just tore at this original wound that he left in the yeah. first place. Yeah, that scene I thought was one of the more sort of honest moments. Well, and I like that the f- of them.
2: Yeah, the 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 movie also makes the point that the parents shouldn't be shit-talking each other in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. And they make that point multiple times throughout the film. And I, I think that that is spot-on. And both Miranda and Daniel get caught in that.
0: Sure, sure. Um,
2: so, I, you know, it's not one or the other. But, like, I really appreciated that the film kept trying to be like, hey, you don't have to be mm-hmm, horrible mm-hmm. if you're getting a divorce.
1: Uh, well, I was struck by how uh, to me, the moments they were horrible, Where they were like little digs where she's like are my kids ready? And things like that. Like, I was struck watching it with you, how much you picked up on that. And I was like, tame. PG 13 bullshit. Like, wait yeah. till we watch Squid and the Whale and they're right. like actually being mean. So that was interesting just because your family was intact and mine wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. that you grew up with. The only other parent, literal parent in it is uh, not even on screen, but we hear her a lot is Robin Williams and Harvey Firestein Franks, their mom. Yes. Who like seems to be this enormous off screen presence.
2: Especially in Frank's life, mm-hmm. you get the sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's like very overbearing.
2: Yeah, but seems very supportive. Like offers Daniel a place to stay. You know, is joking with her son's partner, who is mm-hmm. Jack, a uh, very femme gay in this movie, and like Aunt
1: Jack, like all of Aunt
2: that. Jack for a movie that has a lot of transphobia. Those moments were really nice.
1: But I think with the mom, you see how you get a Daniel. Yeah. Right, with her being too much in his business, too much doing it for him. You this is a person who I I remarked to you, like it may as well be the same character he's playing in Jack, where oh my he's God. the ten yes. year old trapped in a grown man's body. Yeah. Because this and we'll talk more about it. This is not a person who's dealing with the real world. Right. In any way, adult way, shape, or form. No. And they don't not understand at all. anything about their own consequences.
2: Or how their actions affect other people.
1: Mm-hmm. They live in a world of, like, grand ideas where you storm off the set for the character smoking, but you can't hold consequences for your own children. Right. And it's like, okay, you have no real value then.
2: Right. Yes. In terms
1: of the pseudo-parents, the most prominent one, Mrs. (laughs) Doubtfire. Yes. Pretty awesome, right? The flip side, I think, to to everything Daniel is Mrs. Doubtfire has rules. Uh, She has boundaries. She has standards. She is very clearly an adult. Um, You see that. I mean, I don't agree necessarily with her throwing the TV remote in the aquarium. That was a little much. But she does lay down the law of like, no, you're going to do your homework before you watch TV. And uh, you're going to respect me. And I'm not like those other babysitters you may have had. I think it's interesting that the only way for Daniel to find these things in himself is to strip away all of male bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that he has to strip away his desire for attention and need to be the life of the party and the funniest alpha version of someone like Robin Williams, right, doing 100 voices in the unemployment interview.
0: As your court liaison, I will be looking at two things. Your living environment. More like a habitat, really. And I will be coming by on Monday and Friday evenings to inspect it. Well, I'll put on a chicken. And, of course, there's always the job issue. This is the nearest employment office. I've taken the liberty of making an appointment for you. Thank you. Oh, by the way, do you have any special skills? Oh, yes. I do. I I do voices. What do you mean, you do voices? Well, I do voices. Yes! We've come to this planet looking for intelligent life. Oops, we made a mistake. Happy to be in America. Don't ask for a green card. <laughs> I want you in the worst way. Well, this is certainly a rough meeting, and it's not going very well for me, I'll tell you that. Hey, boss, give it a change. She's going to loosen up any moment. <laughs> Look at me right now, money penny. I want to undo that bow and get to know you. I'm crazy to make a deal with you! Nancy and I are still looking for the other half of my head. You You idiot! I'm sitting on a gourd mine! Don't make me smack you, sweetheart, I'll do it. I do a great impression of a hot dog. Mr. Hillard, do you consider yourself humorous? I used to. There was a time when I found myself funny. But today, you have proven me wrong. Thank you. Listen, bottom line, I need to be with my children.
1: And only by putting all of that down can he be a capable parent.
2: Right. And by replicating some real feminine energy and mm-hmm. or like or pulling that up from himself. And maybe that is like a response to his own mother of not wanting to perpetuate those things, mm-hmm. but he's able to find it in the character Mrs. Doubtfire. And that is very nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Um what bothered me One of many things that bothered me about this as a screenplay, right, as a just this scene happens, so then this scene happens, so then this scene happens, is I have no idea where Mrs. Doubtfire came from. You know what I mean? We have no sense of we don't see him building the character. We don't see him inspired by some other old lady, right? It just sort of is like, I'm doing this now. And it it didn't quite track for me, right? Well, it, right,
2: And even even the scenes where he's calling Miranda to pretend to be different people so that she will like Mrs. Stoutfire. So
1: she's going to, let's back it up a little so people remember, she's going to, um, she's placing an ad. Mir- ch- yes,
2: Miranda, Miranda places Miranda's an ad. Miranda's
1: placing an ad for afternoon help. He changes the phone numbers on the ad. And then proceeds to call in to her house, pretending to be people responding to the ad as several different characters. Right. The last of which is Mrs. Doubtfire.
2: Right, right. Which, and then he goes to his brother Frank's house, who's a makeup artist, to get an entire transformation into a different person. But that also doesn't really track because they pick some really.
1: They pick people who aren't Mrs. Doubtfire. Right, right. There's right. some very, like, kind of draggy. Uh, yes. trans uh, versions of him. There are some middle aged ladies, but there's there you know, there's only one Mrs. Doubtfire like obvious choice for Mrs. Doubtfire. Well
2: there's two. There's there's like a Jewish grandmother right, right, and right, then right. there's there's Mrs. Doubtfire, which they have to make an English person because he did an English accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like that's the other really confusing thing is like no conglomeration of like here's how i got to mrs doubtfire or accident to get to mrs doubtfire Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it seems like there was more written about it that got cut
1: maybe maybe and i mean we talked about this being a vehicle for robin williams it's entirely possible that the script of this is decent right and that he got on set and it's just stole every scene he's in You know, and then eventually they're like, "Sorry, this is the movie that's going to make four hundred and forty million dollars. You Go fuck yourself, artistic integrity. We got a hit."
2: Exactly. Um, The scene where he is trying on all the makeup and doing all of that is fun. Mm
1: -hmm. They're all good. All I mean, those the he does the like I've got to pretend to be both people scenes really well. Oh my god, yeah, a
2: a real talented, very talented actor. Good talent. (laughs) We're the first to say it. How insane! Is it to hear a judge? So the judge says, um, we'll give you three months to get your stuff together um, before you can get joint custody. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you can have visitations on Saturdays mm-hmm. with your kid." Daniel cannot handle being told no. Mm-hmm. And so he develops this whole person so he can trick his family and go behind the judge's back. hmm. It's insanity.
1: I want to talk about it when we talk about bad parenting because it's it's huge. And it's the way Robin Williams thinks about parenting is the way I think a lot of parents think about parenting. And absolutely. Let's 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 hold it. And I want to point out that like he gets a house and a job with relative ease. So just like hang on, buddy. Yeah. Like establish your new life. Yes without this these people and these relationships you've ruined well for and now.
2: he has them they're coming on Saturdays mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. put no effort into it and he still gets to see them he can call them whenever I know it's a big change but like deal with it deal with it
1: improvise with the this instead of your silly voices right, right. yes and the life that's in front of you yes so Pierce Brosnan plays Stu the I think maybe the best casting in this movie besides Robin Williams yeah as just a rich guy, right? Yeah. Rich, handsome Englishman. Yeah,
2: and I don't remember how he knows Miranda, but he, like, calls her specifically to do some, like...
1: He likes her design work. Right, design we, work. We don't get, again, in a movie where things just happen for no reason. Why is he about her? That's Why what is, I mean.
2: Like, like, they must have a backstory because she gets flustered about it because she knows something about him but mm-hmm. we we aren't don't we aren't have privy that. privy to those scenes yeah
1: <laughs> we, aren't, we aren't privy to why I, I, I want to this guy who is early 90s Pierce Brosnan right super handsome super uh, charismatic he's into Sally Field he's rich as shit and uh, one of his buddies is like you never like anybody with kids and I, one of the things I liked about him yes. is he's like I love those kids I can't believe it oh, uh, who's Rugrats
0: Miranda Hillard Miranda Hillard mm-hmm the woman i'm seeing no kidding you a guy who's never having kids won't have anything to do with kids you won't even date a woman who's got kids people change ron i'm pushing 40. i don't want to spend the rest of my life by myself she's got an awful lot of baggage though three kids three terrific kids and i'm crazy about them especially that little natalie look at her you a a sweet god knows they need some kind of stable father figure in their life right now Thanks, son. Oh, what about their real father? Yeah. what can I say, Ron? The guy's a loser. I'll see you. No.
1: We see that he like brings well, them to his pool club, but we don't see
0: He's
2: carrying um the youngest daughter in a lot of scenes. But sure. we don't we don't get a lot of scenes with like Stew and the kids. I just but, want like... one
1: scene of him making them laugh, right? Yeah. He does some dumb impression or uh, you right. know, that would be an even better threat to Daniel Absolutely. if in front of Mrs. Doubtfire, Steve's like making him just ROFL right but anyway and
2: also like Miranda is frumpy as hell this movie makes sure that Sally Fields at the start of it I mean she gets her groove back a little at the end but like they don't address that either like it's just kind of like in the background you Mm -hmm. see like there there needs to be like a line about like hey I'm feeling good about my you know Mm -hmm. something (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: you get a little of that I guess when she talks to Mrs. Doubtfire about like Mr. Doubtfire and how long she moved on. and yeah, Like, yeah. she's trying to be comfortable with it.
2: Yeah, I hear that.
1: So, brothers and sisters, we have Frank, played by Harvey Firestein, who is well, wonderful. Like, unbelievably supportive, particularly when...
0: Daniel, hi. Could you make me a woman? <gasps> Honey, I'm so happy. Oh, come I knew man. you'd understand.
1: Really supportive through the whole thing, gives him a place to crash yeah. when his life falls to shit, like is really good to him. Mm-hmm. The only other brothers and sisters are the kids, Lydia, Chris, and the daughter, Natalie. Pretty milk toast.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's Mara Wilson, who I like in other things, but I don't know if this is her debut or what, but Certainly she's- Certainly early. Yeah, she's a little, little kiddo. Um, everybody's just kind of nothing.
1: They don't have anything to do. You know, they don't seem to have any real perspective on the divorce. Certainly not the perspective a 14 or a 12 year old would have.
2: Yeah. Not a lot of emotions either. Like there's a couple of like teenage rebellious kind of oh Mrs. Doubtfire. You can't tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. One time.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. One time. One time only. Yeah. Which brings me to Dame Wiener kids. Fucking watch yourselves.
2: You were 14, 14, 12, and 12 5.
1: You don't need after school care. Are you kidding me? Yeah.
2: I don't know how long Miranda's working. I mean, the only person who would would be the 5-year-old, but maybe there's an after school program for mm-hmm.
1: her. Or the 12 and 14-year-old can trade off taking care of her while they do whatever they want to do. Like, sorry, that's part of being an adult, like a, an older kid in a family. Yeah.
2: yeah. Were
1: you, what was your after school situation? So that's, I guess, the ultimate premise, flawed premise of this movie, is that a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 5-year-old... We well, care from three to seven.
2: Right. I am the middle of um three children. Okay. I have an older brother and a younger brother. they we're all two years apart. So early on, my grandma would come over. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom also worked part time and hours that made sense for her to be home most sure. of the time or be or it'd be like, here's forty five minutes before that happens.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't ever remember someone being there. Like, even in second grade, I think I was coming home and, like, I'd be home at 2 and mom would be home at 5. Yeah. Maybe we were still in the local, like, after-school thing, but I don't think so. Right. And it just was what it was, you, you know. I mean. Did homework or watch TV or listen to the radio or took care certainly of
2: Certainly when we moved to the new house, which I was 9, mm-hmm. so we didn't have anybody at that point. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, by 12 or 14, it's definitely on my own. And right. by that time, had younger siblings I would be left with. Yeah. That, to me, I thought was a little bit like, okay.
2: Well, and who knows how we'll feel about our daughter. but sure. and Because times have certainly changed. But if we're looking at this from a early 90s perspective, it is unusual that they would be like, let's mm-hmm. make we sure somebody's somebody. here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bad parenting. Pretty much everything to All does. of it. So... We've we've touched on this, but I think you have here a, a really good portrayal of a narcissist.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, That's 100% who he is.
1: So he's throwing the party, as we said, after Amanda's punished the kids. He is directly... Miranda. Miranda, sorry. I'm going to slip and call her you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. After Miranda has uh, punished the kids, and it's in direct, directly contrary to what she's trying to do. Yeah. Directly obliterating the boundaries she wants to set. Right.
2: But Daniel feels bad because he left his job. Mm-hmm. So I need some attention. I need to feel better. Yeah. I need
1: to feel like I'm a good person. Yes. So let me blast House of Pain and wear my hat to the side and all of these like ridiculous, ridiculous childish things. At one point, the kid it says to him, Dad, you're not trying very hard. And like, he's not.
2: I mean, I think you both screamed out, You're well, right. I- I mean he's trying really hard but not to do the things that he needs to or not to do things that are important he's he's putting on two different suits and running around and whatever but it's like no just be a human person Mm -hmm. my dude Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) and then roping them in when they when the two older kids discover the mrs Doubtfire persona like roping them to lie to their sisters that is the worst uh, you know, continue this lie to your mother, but also to your younger sister. And it's basically, it's all... So Daniel is a person, as a performer, who needs love and attention. And he puts his need for love and attention ahead of everything. Right? That's why yeah. he throws the party. It's not for his kids. No. That's why he does Mrs. Doubtfire. It's not for his kids. Yeah. He says at one point, I can't live without my kids. No, no. No, friend. Your kids can't live without you. Yes. Yes. It's right. not it's not the case. Right. They need you to teach them how to be an adult. They need you to set boundaries. He wants to be this like moral superstar. And he even gets to do it without fire. Right. But it's is rooted in nothing.
2: And I mean, the judge does call him out on it, mm-hmm. which is why I was so disappointed that Miranda lets him go on it and I mean it is something that when I was working at a domestic violence agency like I would see happen time and time again where there would be some sort of family reconciliation and they would be like oh well we don't want the court order anymore and it's like too bad friend like no. he violated the court orders you can't undo it mm-hmm. you can at the start of it but not once there are consequences right. to your actions and, and
1: there's all of those things expire right, right so like yeah. wait 90 days see how you right. feel then but like it's been taken to the court and a new authority is uh, governing the case. Exactly. governing the situation. So my big issue is there's no reason to believe that like at the end of it, this Doubtfire show that he's on is sold to us as getting really popular and they want to syndicate it. Why won't the celebrity he finds from this take him completely away from his kids?
2: Right. I have yeah.
1: no reason to believe that he'll show up for them. That he'll continue to pick them up as soon as oh, we need you to pop on the tonight show, Mrs. Dalfire. Like
2: right. he's fucking he's gone. gone. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what
1: he really wants. And and the whole movie is built around ideas. Yes. Right? I have to see my kids. No, you don't. No. You were a whole person the whole uh, a long time before they were.
2: He's incapable of like actual human connection and like gets to play the role of it as mrs doubtfire but like can't sustain that and like
1: and her end little speech is so in the end of the movie uh, in the mrs doubtfire show a kid writes in and is like my parents are divorced it's very hard on me and the doubtfire character is like well love will prevail dear no it won't What a nonsense thing to say. That doesn't mean anything. Like, love in one hand and shit in the other. Let me know which one fills up first.
2: Well, like, right before she says that, Mrs. Doubtfire says, like, sometimes parents get mad at each other and they're better off living separately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they get back together, but other times they don't.
1: Here in minute 121, we've given you (laughs) one nugget of truth. (laughs) We haven't earned it.
2: Oh no, they did not earn it. But they did we're not gonna, earn it. We're well, gonna pull it on
1: there or paste it on there.
2: Right. Let me just call it slap it on there. Uh, anybody divorced out there?
1: This one's <laughs> for you. <laughs> So basically the plot summary is he acts like a lunatic and gets what he wants.
2: Yes. And like Miranda's like, yeah, all right.
1: Okay. She comes <laughs> to see him on set. I she know. comes to him to be like, please I don't take care of the kids. It.
2: Like, and she's doing so well and they're going through trauma from what he did to them. Mm-hmm. And again, like the judge mandates that Daniel has a psychiatric evaluation and it is like played as, wow, this
1: why How wild. dare he? And I mean, watch my kids with someone. You did something no. crazy. You did
2: something really crazy that was is actually insane. And you lied to people who you say you love for so long and for no good reason. Mm-hmm.
1: She even says in the beginning that, like, she'll consider having him be yes. the after school care person. And then the reason she can't is Mrs. Doubtfire too good. So, like, you're your own worst enemy in so many ways, dude. That actually, my first bit of good parenting is that the judge sending his ass to the psych ward. Yes. <laughs>
0: like, just,
1: finally. Someone is like, no, well, no. No, this I'm person sure needs you to be them, evaluated. Well, your right. kids clearly do. You are crazy about them.
2: Right. right. Yes. And, I mean, that's the thing that you need to separate is, like, you can love somebody and not do things that are good for them and not be a good... Role model or caretaker like mm-hmm. that. Those are separate things. They're absolutely different things.
1: Hey, do you have any other
2: terrible parenting? Yeah. Miranda, this is your husband of 14 years. Mm-hmm. How did you not know You had, your children, too? I, like that's again, like I said at the top of this, like how I was really struggling with like my disbelief of how wild this is and how you could not know that it was this person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I, he is a great actor, sure. The makeup is flawless, yes. I'm sorry, I would know that it was my spouse. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, Tootsie is about somebody going... And doing something. Inhabiting
1: an environment that isn't their own. Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yep. And and playing a woman, which he does, you know, mm-hmm. Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman does well. Yep. And I think if Mrs. Doubtfire did that, like going to the sex shop or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah, you would think that this is a woman and, you know, they pass as a woman, but not to your own freaking family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just wild.
1: Yeah, it's pretty, pretty bananas. I, I mean, less bananas is why they get together in the first place. I don't know they she talks I don't. a
2: little bit about it, about being like, "Oh, I always have to be the, the Again, organized it's one." And it's, yeah, it's yeah. Well,
1: I'm this person. Show me it. Don't tell me. You and gotta in the show end, in also,
2: the we don't find out what happens to Pierce Brosnan. He's just no, he's kind just, of his part dis- of the story over. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I assume they end up together, right? Why? I mean, after he deals with his Pierce Brosnan, we forgot to mention. Allergic to pepper, but orders jambalaya. Not a good move, dude. Well, like, didn't I don't really think kind that of one pepper. through. Assuming he lives after Robin Williams dices <laughs> that jambalaya with cayenne uh, pepper, uh-huh. I think he and Miranda would be together.
2: I mean, unless Miranda was like, whoa, I need to slow down my sure, life a little sure. bit because this was a lot.
1: Because I'm so uh, anxious, I guess. I didn't even notice my husband had moved back in, posing yes. as an elderly woman.
2: And still talk about him as if Mrs. Doubtfire were a real person. At one point, they're like, reminiscing about Mrs. Doubtfire who isn't real. Isn't
1: real. Great parenting. Are we ready for that?
0: I
2: don't know. I, I got more. What do you got? <laughs> he, I Like, you know, Daniel gets so drunk in that final scene and really traumatizes his youngest daughter by, like, <laughs> the person who she's finally, like, after having the instability of divorce connects to another person, Mrs. Doubtfire, and then that person's face falls off.
1: On <laughs> it her be able mom's be a complete birthday? fabrication. Yep. Don't. That's the sequel is these kids dealing with their trauma. Two daughters and a son as adults, yeah. just struggling. Yeah. to move past. Yes. They can't believe anything anybody says.
2: Or constantly trying to pull people's faces off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> could be could be. So, great parenting. Like I said, the judge sending him for psych evaluations. I thought Miranda setting boundaries with the report card was really good. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then bringing gifts even. In particular, I thought she was really good. I thought that when she reached her limit with Daniel, she did a good job of asserting it and sort of being like, these are the reasons. Goodbye.
2: Right. And again, Uh, we don't really know what's happened before that. I like that Daniel has thrown out family counseling. Maybe they've done it before.
1: Maybe they have. Yeah. Maybe it's back to family counseling. Yeah. And I like that she uh, takes out the one ad. I mean, part of me is like, ask your kids to do the help, mm-hmm. right, on the one hand, but also she's acknowledging she needs help, which right. I guess is is a important first step. Uh, I just think that you could have been like, look, the divorce is going to be hard on everybody. You guys are going to have to take care of yourselves in the afternoon. Right. right? And sell it to them as like, the well, good news is you get to be grown ups.
2: Yes. Yes. I agree with that. But also Daniel has, I mean, we hear him say in the start, like, you're the one who chose to have a career. And she's like, I've had to have a career to keep the roof over our head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like So she also, I think, has guilt about that and not being home enough for them where she's probably wanting to fill that with a person.
1: Can we agree that if we had a society with different gender roles that don't even have a conflict, like, she can make the money, he can watch the kids, if everybody's... If he can, like, get himself squared away with being okay with, like, this is what you're doing.
2: If he can, like, I mean, it sounds like she had four kids, which Mm -hmm. is, like very common i think for especially that time period for mm-hmm. wives to feel like mm-hmm. like oh no my husband i got to take care of him mm-hmm. too in the same way as i take care of my children sure. instead of this is my partner who will support me in running a household which is a business and raising children which is you know a, a whole life together i'm curious again about his mom and dad mm-hmm. and about what that did to the, to him also interesting that this movie comes out after robin williams's divorce
1: did it i didn't know yeah Mm -hmm. he
2: got divorced like right before this movie came out Mm -hmm. so i was i was interested in that too
1: (laughs) i didn't know he was divorced
2: he's divorced like three times
1: that makes sense
2: yeah
1: um it did i mean i found myself constantly thinking of the uh the gary Shanley line in comedians and cars getting coffee where he and jerry seinfeld are talking about robin williams killing himself and they were relaying seeing it on the news and they're like he had a movie coming out he had a special i don't know why he would kill himself and gary shandling's like you just listed the reasons right or you just told me all of them
0: right you know? yeah
1: so i don't know it, it was I, I would say we're we're not bullish on you recommending re you rewatch it right dear listener I don't know. It was a tough experience. I think this podcast was far more enjoyable than the experience of watching the movie.
2: (laughs) Well, right. And like, it's so hard to watch the close of this where Miranda goes back to him and he's like, you took my kids away from me. And it's like, no, bro, you did. You did. But she like agrees and acquiesces. And I don't know why.
1: Like that. Guilt. Yeah, guilt you I nail guess. it on the head. Like it's it's a tragedy about Miranda being dragged back into his bullshit, is what it is. Cause yeah. she is doing fantastic without him.
2: Yes. Yes, she totally is. She looks hot. She's <clears> she's, got <laughs> she's got Pierce Brosman.
1: She's got her kids taken care of. She's like, like
2: doing a new project in mm-hmm. a fancy Make D&B. your silly dino
1: voices right. voices, Daniel. Oh, that's fine.
2: Dino talk real quick.
1: Mm. Yeah, please. All <laughs> oh, <laughs> <When> right. This <laughs> enraged you more than almost anything in the film. <laughs>
2: Well, they show like a boring. So, Daniel's working at like a local TV station. Mm-hmm. And they have like a is it like a public broadcast?
1: Bill Nye the Dino Guy basically. Yeah,
2: basically that. Except they're ta- He's talking about two different dinosaurs and holding two different dinosaurs, quote unquote. But one is Dimetrodon, which is not a dinosaur. And is, in fact, ancestors of mammals. Mm -hmm. Don't, you're doing, like, you didn't even do the five seconds worth of research.
1: It would have been more than five seconds in 1993.
2: Yeah, okay, you got me there. Yeah.
1: Speaking (laughs) of dinosaurs, the only movie that made more money than this in 1993 was Jurassic Park. Okay. And I think equally important moments in cinema when the dinosaurs appear in Jurassic Park for the first time and you see that Mrs. Doubtfire in full makeup, right? Very much changing cinema forever. Right. With those moments.
2: Advances in technology. Would we
1: hire Mrs. Doubtfire? No. No way, right? No. No way. I don't want a stuffy old English lady throwing our remotes on the fish tank.
2: Yeah, and like, I don't like... I mean, again, you had said, oh, I think that this is just a different time. But the first time she's inviting these people to... An interview is at her home with her children. Mm-hmm. And that just felt not good. <laughs> not safe for anybody, right? No, no. Like, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah.
1: And movie, get your story straight on TV because you're telling me it rots kids' brains, and you throw the TV remote in the fish tank, but then you're like, oh, it influences them with the the smoking, and then you have the positive doubt fire, so it is a good thing. Like, get your story straight.
2: Yeah. It just didn't. It just wasn't. It okay. was just Robin Williams for two hours being a goofball.
1: <laughs> I, I gotta think there's a cut of it that was not the Robin Williams cut, right? And that they were like, oh, no, we need more more of him.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a cut of this where it's an actual good movie where there's emotion and feeling, and he does end up with consequences. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess they cut a bunch of scenes of, um, there's apparently 37 extra minutes of footage Okay. on the DVD release from like, mid 2000s sure and that if you put that on the whole movie would have been 157 minutes oh my good lord okay Um, lord of the rings some of it involved like (laughs) a fight at miranda's uh, he and miranda have at one of the kids spelling bees and like i don't know maybe a little bit more of like the plot stuff rather than these really long set pieces of him trying to keep a secret because mrs
2: Doubtfire is weird and creepy to miranda Mm -hmm. And she doesn't pick up on it. Everybody is just going along like, this is great. Isn't Mrs. Doubtfire great? And it's like, no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah, she like made dinner and the kids are doing their homework. Those are the two things we see her do. Right,
1: right, right, right. Which, again, a 14-year-old can muster.
2: Yes. Like, actually, at 14, you have to learn how to be Mm self-directed.
1: So we don't recommend Mrs. Doubtfire.
2: I would watch it. I was
1: on the, like, leaving HBO Max, so maybe you can find it, maybe you can't. Yeah. We will try to be back next week Mm -hmm. with a show from this century.
0: Well, Seymour, I made it, despite your directions. Ah, Superintendent Chalmers, welcome. I hope you're prepared for an unforgettable luncheon. Yeah. (gasps) Oh, you gods! My roast is ruined! What if I were to purchase fast food and disguise it as my own cooking? Ho, 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 delightfully devilish, Seymour. Uh. Skinner with his crazy explanations. The superintendent's gonna need his medication. When he hears Skinner's lame exaggerations, there'll be trouble in town tonight. Seymour! Superintendent, I was just uh, stretching my calves on the windowsill. Isometric exercise. Care to join me? Why is there smoke coming out of your oven, Seymour? Uh, oh, that isn't smoke. It's steam. Steamed from the steamed clams we're having. Mmm, steamed clams. Ooh. Superintendent, I hope you're ready for mouth-watering hamburgers. I thought we were having steamed clams. No, no, I said steamed hams. That's what I call hamburgers. You call hamburgers steamed hams? Yes, it's a regional dialect. Uh Uh-huh. What region? Uh, upstate New York. Really? Well, I'm from Utica, and I've never heard anyone use the phrase steamed hams. Oh, not in Utica, no, it's an Albany expression. I see. You know, these hamburgers are quite similar to the ones they have at Krusty Burger. Oh, 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 no. Patented Skinner Burgers. Old family recipe. For steamed hams. Yes. Yes, and you call them steamed hams, despite the fact they are obviously grilled. You you know, one thing I should... Excuse me for one second. Of course. Oh, well, that was wonderful. Good time was had by all. I'm pooped. Yes, I should be. Good Lord, what is happening in there? Aurora Borealis. Uh, Aurora Borealis. At this time of year, at this time of day, in this part of the country, localized entirely within your kitchen. Yes. May I see it? No. Seymour, the house is on fire! No, mother, it's just the Northern Lights. Well, Seymour, you are an odd fellow, but I must say, you steam a good ham.